So, uh, so Mr. Charisma himself, Mark Zuckerberg, he's going to be testifying at Congress next week. So I thought we could talk about the first time we went on social media. So, Mark, why don't you start? Yeah, um, I was in college. Facebook just was invented. Wait, what uh, year in I college? Think, I think I was either late freshman or early sophomore year. And I think that was, it had been around and people had been hearing about it, but it was like Harvard only. And then I think the Zuck deemed the rest of the Ivies worthy. So we were all like, you know, allowed to sign up with our college email addresses. Yeah. Once I graduated from college, I didn't really find Facebook that much more useful. Actually, here's a, here's a funny thought I had. You know how they say like very narcissistic people are constantly on Facebook and social media? But I also wonder if you don't use it, you're also very narcissistic because you don't care about other people's lives. You're only fascinated with yours. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, Tina, as, as the elder, state, uh, elder statesman at, at Plan A, when did, when did you first start using social media? Uh, I mean, I think I always had like, I think I always had something like, a, I think I had a MySpace account. I don't really remember. But fa I think the first time I really used uh, social media was uh, Facebook in like law school. And it was great. Like it was actually really good to like it was the first time where you could just i think i used it just to clown around yeah because i was very primitive facebook all you could really do was connect with people leave a few messages put up a few pictures and that was it it was very bare yeah. bones compared to what it is now there was no well, messenger, then keep tabs on like what people like from high school and college were up to that was the most yeah. fun thing about yeah. it it was like oh i wonder what happened to this person and you look them up and you're like oh they got fat yeah i first started using facebook right when i got to college because uh, that was like in the mid 2000s and now i mean i don't know who who knows like i mean congress they're, they're all stupid they're all ancient and they probably you know don't know facebook from the phone book but who maybe like facebook <laughs> goes away and then we i just heard that like after that shooting at youtube that they took all the patients to zuckerberg memorial hospital <laughs> <laughs> it's named after him yeah. it's not it's not another yeah, Zuckerberg. yeah yeah that's the sci-fi dystopia um, is real. It, it, it made me think of like, uh, um, it, it, well, every, everything makes me think of idiocracy, but like, it made me think of like St. God's Memorial Hospital. <laughs> I was like, the, Zuckerberg, right. are you serious? The Bezos, Library, the Bezos Library of Congress? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Escape from Plan A. It is, it is kind of a funny situation. As somebody who's been beaten by Asian men, I played that video over and over again and drugged off a million times. So, pardon my French. S'il vous plaît, et merci beaucoup, United Airlines. <laughs> That's my new wanking material. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Escape from Plan A, the Plan A podcast. Tonight, uh, uh, it's Oxford, me, here along with Teen. Hey. And Mark. How you guys doing? So this episode, we are going to talk about uh, a very beloved figure in the Asian American <laughs> community, Esther Koo, <laughs> who is a female comedian who has been around for a bit, at least in in like the Asian American little circles. But recently, she, I, I guess, what exactly happened? She she had some like live stream. Uh, I I don't know how this whole thing got started. But anyway, uh, she's infamous because she's an Asian female comedian. Her shtick is all about just clowning on and shitting on asian guys in order to curry white guy favor and a bunch of people on twitter got mad it got posted on next shark then it got picked up by the new york post so it kind of uh, blew up into this little thing on twitter i think it was like a podcast like a video podcast or something where she and like another uh asian girlfriend of hers like dressed up like cats or something like that and just i didn't watch it but I saw like still frames of it. And I think it was one of those, it was like, you know, how to date an Asian girl and stuff. And it would just be like white dudes commenting with little jokes like, you know, don't be an Asian guy or whatever. Yes. Like just really yeah. cheap little stupid stunts, uh, which I think she's been doing for a while. Yeah, I just right, want to give a like, quick background on Esther Ku, just because I've been around in these Asian online spaces for a bit. So yeah, so she... Um, She's been a comedian for a bit. I, I think she's like almost forty now. So she's she's. I think the New York Post said something like like emerging comedian or like she's been around for a while. I think she had like some little thing on MTV, and like if you were around in those Asian spaces, especially like in the mid two thousands, yeah, you would have these like she'd have clips on YouTube, and and it'd be the same act that she's doing now, which is all about 
you know how much Asian guys suck and you know how much better she is than they are we are and all that so she's been as I said infamous and she's like one of those names that that especially Asian guys will bring up as as like the worst examples of of you know pretty common behavior which is like Asian girls putting down Asian guys for white acceptance uh, but she like she was one of those names and it's it's quite astounding that she's still around and and I, like her her saving grace is that she's very not funny because if she were funny then it would i think bring up this whole uh dilemma of you know comedy and free speech and all that but she's just completely terrible i i don't think you can be funny with that material well yeah that's that's exactly it but in in some like parallel like universe where she is somehow funny with this mirror uh material then i think it would be much more difficult thing but she just sucks so it's obvious, like, if you're defending her, especially if you're, like, a white guy defending her, it's, like, it's obviously not about comedy. I mean, I bet a lot of these guys see, like, five seconds of Amy Schumer and they're like, that bitch! Yeah, but I mean, that's, that. so that's the audience that yeah. finds her funny. <laughs> She's like Amy Schumer eye bleach. Is what... <laughs> yeah, I saw, because, like, okay, so the, the whole thing, like, kind of flamed up on Twitter. And, uh, that, you know, like, predictably, this was sort of, like, to me, this was just sort of, like, a repetition of stuff that you see all the time. Some Asian girl usually will say something just, you know, horrendously racist. If you call it out, which happened on Twitter, you get this army of white dudes coming in. That'll just, like, one guy tweeted at me, because I got into the fracas too. Or did he tweet at me? Or I I found the tweet. But he was basically saying, like, yeah, but Asian guys are all goat fuckers. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. (laughs) The funniest part was that this dude... Um, put instead of uh, goat fuckers, he the U and the C he asterisked out because oh, he's, he's a polite <laughs> racist. He's a polite racist. That's even the wrong. That, that's like a that's even the wrong Asian. Uh, don't they like accuse like West Asians, like Middle Easterners, of doing that? It's just yeah, no, you got it all fucked up. But it was just it's just funny because like <clears throat> I think that's the that is sort of the. I mean, it, to me, I don't really like. I see this and I'm just like, yeah, it's just basic stupid shit. But on the other hand, it's kind of like. You know, that's kind of fucked up that white dudes can just come and tweet, like, the most racist shit ever, and then just literally not think they're racist. Because a lot of these guys fold really quick. Like, like you you just oh, yeah, tweet definitely. into it and just go, dude, you sound like a complete racist, and they just delete the tweet. So that suggests to me, actually, like, I don't know how you guys feel, but, like, I feel like these guys actually are not, like... They come across as these, like, rabid racists. They're just, like, aggressive and they hate Asians or whatever. But then you just throw up, like, a little bit of resistance and just call them racist and they just fold. So, get the feeling, actually, like, they actually think this is okay. Like, they actually think it's fine. I get the feeling these are, like, the the JV racists. The varsity racists are out there fighting, like, BLM, like, or stuff. These are the Mm -hmm. guys who couldn't make that squad. So, they're, like, they think they they got the easy... (laughs) Easy thing to do here, but then when Asians stick up, they they, they just fold again because they're just they just fold. Yeah, they're yeah, cowards. Yeah. So yeah, they're sort of like on the fence racists. Like they don't know if they really <laughs> think this this way. But if they can get some cheap la- cheap laughs or some shout outs on Twitter, they'll um they'll continue. But, but as soon but the as the question yeah, is why? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's because they have the permission slip. Right, you know? right. I exactly. think that's what it is. Like I call it the permission slip, the Asian female permission slip, because. One thing you will see over and over again is I can't be uh, usually two things. First is I can't be racist. My wife is Asian, and they always reveal it at the end as if like that supposed to blow our minds. Yeah, like, it's the whoa. it's the mic drop, right? It's it's they think it's the, the mic, mic drop. drop. My wife's That's Asian. Right. Boom. Boom. We're like right. Like this is how bad it's gone. It's become I think becoming more and more acknowledged that it's the new my my best friend is black or I have a black friend. Right. No. Yeah. It, absolutely. That, it's becoming like that discredited it's sad that it's becoming that because it's to me it's always been that it's always been the most ridiculous thing to say and then the second the thing that they'll do uh is the it's just a joke right mm-hmm. like yo ch- dude like you're pathetic for getting mad because it's just a joke obviously someone can't take a joke Th- those are the two completely predictable things that you will see well and the third thing that i've seen is the you can't make fun of ourselves anymore that's that's racist like where did that excuse come out of? <laughs> right, 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 right. But see, that works That's both ways because if someone like Esther Koo has right to speak for her race, so do we, and we outnumber a- absolutely, her. In this case. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's, it's they're just picking and choosing. They just like they know what they're protecting here. This is like their their golden goose of easy sex, right? And they're trying to protect it. They come in here, and as I said, these are probably the same guys who get triggered by someone like Amy Schumer. Someone's like. 
so like mainstream as Amy Schumer, they think she's like she's like promoting white genocide or something. Uh, and then <laughs> they come in here acting like they're defenders of free speech and female comedians. Like get the fuck out of here. So let's go through it though. It's laughable, but then if you really put it to the test, I actually feel like a lot of Asian people don't fully know what the responses are to these justifications. Oh, yeah, I think... Which is why they kind of work. Let's go through it. The first being, I can't be racist, my my wife is Asian. I would say actually, in a way, that up up until very recently, there was a certain kind of power to that, right? Because what's the obvious rebuttal to that? Now it's clear. Alt-right, Richard Spencer has Asian girlfriends. Like, right. It's that simple. Like, <laughs> it's like everybody knows, cat's out of the bag. Like Racist white dudes love Asian chicks. Like, come on. Actually, the fact that your wife is Asian is probably a high indicator of racism. Not a, yeah, race, not a, racism right. and sexism, right? You, like, you dig into those guys' like, tweets or comment history long enough, and they almost always are complaining about white women and like western yep. women so oh yeah that one dude on twitter is just coming up with receipts and it's just all the same like it's just the dumbest shit like oh i went to a sushi restaurant and i wish some woman would treat me like a piece of tuna i don't even know what that means but <laughs> what does that mean I, I know, actually we should, we should take a pause and and give give props to nameless who is just a fantastic we got to come up with a cool nickname for him like I want to say like the accountant or something because he's just so good at digging up the receipts. But that probably sounds that's a bit right. Lame, that's right. right. <laughs> the accountant. Uh, like we call him IRS or like <laughs> right or like yeah. Anyway, uh, keep going. I like the accountant. That's good. <laughs> the, the accountant. All right. It's, it's like so banal that uh, it's it's like menacing. It's like when an assassin has the name like the dentist. You're like, oh mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's he's like, gonna really done. Done. <laughs> done. Just don't even run. He's gonna get you. The cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> the cleaner. The cleaner is like two on the nose, right? Like, because you gotta. Okay. He's cleaning you up. Like the accountant uh, is like, oh, <laughs> the deductor. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think right. I think it's. I think before it was more kind of like not not very PC to attack this point of view because you're kind of like. You know, yeah, it did have that protection, right? Progressive, that, right? Yeah, this right. idea that all like interracial relationships, point blank, are on its face uh, right. progressive, yeah. Um, yeah, which I think has been undermined a lot for for good reason lately. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that is pretty clear. It's like actually, it's the opposite. But the second one, the it's just a joke thing. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The way I think of this, because you hear it all the time, and not just in this context. I mean, in all contexts, right? What I've noticed is that it's really about it's a it's a it's really about social power. Mm-hmm. Whether something to say something is a joke is to say that I have the social backing because everyone else agrees with me. That this is this is something that you need to just accept and laugh at too. And if you don't, then. You're just like, you just can't take, you're just not, you know, you're too serious. You're taking things too seriously. I, and I think like the, it's just a joke. Like ultimately people, you know, you see tweets where people get into it and like, you know, a joke, you know, something that's demeaning is not a joke. See, that's not true. There's a lot of funny demeaning jokes. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's not, you know, people try and get to the nature of a joke. Like there's some objective criteria for what constitutes, you know, lighthearted humor. I, you know, and I think that's the wrong way to go because, I don't think there is a definition that you can rely on for a joke that every, both everyone agrees on and will prove that this is not a joke. I think ultimately you do have to see, like, it's a matter of social power. It's a matter of how many people get into this tweet. It's a matter of how many people speak up for or against it that determines whether it's a joke or not. You know, And I think with, uh, with Esther Koo, when you're seeing so many white guys coming out saying it's just a joke... I think what that's kind of showing is like there's still this issue of social power as between what white aggression and Asian acceptance of that aggression as being for. And this has been the experience for a long time is like Asian people just have to take it as a joke. And the reason that we have to find it funny is actually because of social power, not because that there's anything inherent to Asian, you know, Asian racist humor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also the, the it's just a joke would work a lot better if we saw it go the other way as well. But we never do. It's always going one way, right? And it's always, mm-hmm. in this case, from a much more powerful group to, to a lower group. But I don't think that's true because, like, you do see a lot of white comedians who will just skewer white people. Yeah, but they're white themselves. and, and like yeah, the, but they're saying, like, Esther is Asian and she's making fun of Asians, so what? But not for Asians, though. I'm okay. There's like, there's not like a white guy who goes to an Asian audience and says, "My group sucks. Uh, all all you guys should never, you know, associate with or or date guys like me." 
In fact, all of you, uh, I suck so much that all the Asian guys should get with the white girls. Like, they, never, they don't do that. I've seen white guys do that in front of black audiences. Yeah, but that goes to social power, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's about power. social power, right? You know, and I see this thing with like Asian comedians a lot where, you know, I've talked to Asian comedians, you know, we, we, did, a, we did a pod with some, I've known some. And, you know, they're like pretty low key woke up until they get into the room. And it's really hard for them to do. It's really hard to the, for them to avoid that sort of self-degradation, the cooning, because you got to play for the audience and the audience is usually like mostly white. You know, so like there's just this sort of like so this this if the if the crowd was fully Asian, it would be just a totally different, totally different thing. Yeah. Also, like like it's a joke from their perspective, but we have like insider knowledge that this is just like a like a representative of a much bigger problem. And we I mean, it's really not about Esther Koo. Like the reason why we we target her is that she's a relatively high profile and we got like video evidence of it happening. So every and nobody can deny it happens. But the reason why we get. Uh, we want to turn this into an issue. It's not just because she's like the only person who's ever done this. It's the exact opposite. We've seen it happen so many times in yeah. our actual lives, and we got to address it. And it's not a joke. People, when people say, when we hear like, like Asian women say, they're not saying it as a joke. This is a reflection of some very serious problems in in our community, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, who are they to tell us it's a joke? Like, if it's a joke, it, first of all, it's not even funny. Like, nobody's even laughing at yeah, this. Yeah, no one laughs. But if you guys want to treat it as a joke, then go in your little corner. Go go in your little loser corner. And, and, you know, titter like mice or whatever at mm-hmm. this, fine. But let us have this discussion. Right. And, and I think a huge part of that harm is that it's not necessarily, and, and, and Teen, you've sort of I've come around to this as we've discussed this sort of offline, is that it's not really that harmful to Asian men. Sure, it's hurtful because the comments are sort of directed at us, but it's more harmful to Asian women because it goes back to the idea of that permission slip that you talked about. And it sort of just really gives that permission slip to to white men and 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 other and, and other people, but specific, especially white men, to you know objectify Asian women more. Um, you know, gives them an insight to like into assuming that all Asian women or a lot of Asian women have these really hostile feelings towards Asian men, uh, and that's that's really harmful because it's not like the white men are coming up and treating them really nice. You know, they're they're they think that they have permission now to be really shitty and because Asian women are really going to be easy and receptive to them. So I think that is the aspect that really um, people forget or, or, or it's sort of harder to see. Yeah, here's a really interesting thing that Asian guys can do. So uh, there's a podcast that we at Plan A have been starting to listen to a lot more. It's called Champagne Sharks. And it's a, it's a podcast by these three black guys. And they deal with they talk about a lot of issues that we actually find very uh that we, like, we know what they're talking about. It's, it's like about assimilationism and how that affects minority communities and what kind of divisions it creates. But there's this one episode in which they talk about this uh, black woman who clearly has like identity issues and she's boasting about this like very like schmoey white guy who's who's into her. And like she apparently she like publicly posted uh, all his his uh, texts at her, like spitting game or whatever, and she was so <laughs> proud that she snagged this guy. But it was so so lame. <laughs> uh, and uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and I remember then that, yeah. as like an outsider, I'm looking at this. So uh, to put it into perspective, I think now I'm in a position of of what a non Asian person might see when they see like a like an Asian woman acting like the, how this black woman right, is acting. Right. Interesting. And yeah, the thing yeah, is, yeah. you yeah. don't feel bad for the black guys yeah i didn't feel bad for the black guys i felt really bad for the black woman i was like wow this is really sad for her i I didn't think like all the guys weren't good enough that they couldn't like that's why she left them because like the guys sucked too much it was just like wow this is really degrading herself and the guys i didn't even really think about there was like they're just normal like they're just doing their own thing it's the woman who's weird here so i think for asian guys who i think they've long had this this like insecurity that maybe there was something wrong with us that like Asian women are the only ones who are doing this, but no, like you, you look at it. Once you start branching out and looking at other minority communities, you see a lot of parallels. Well, you're seeing it more and more. I mean, I would say that actually, um, the the tendency for Asian women to do it, uh, and it's not just this, right? Like, I would say Esther Koo. The thing about her that separates her from like what we see generally is just she's so she's making money off of it, so it's just like really, really like this based form of it, but. You know, I would say that, you know, just going into Twitter, 
that even some of the tweets that we saw, like, you know, prominent authors, uh, shall not name names, but I'm sure people everyone know. <laughs> if you know <laughs> Twitter, you know who I'm talking about. Um, like, saying stuff like, you know, just casually, like, oh, yeah, John Cho is really handsome. And that's really surprising because I don't really find Asian men attractive. They remind me of my cousins. Like, that's a really highly encoded thing that, you know, the way she said it was interesting because... I think it goes towards what you're saying, Oxford, is that what she's trying to do, I think, with that is, like, I'm not trying to target Asian men. Like, I'm, she's fully willing to say, like, this is me. It's not Asian men. You know, I just have this cousin feeling about them. So it's not really about trying to, it's not really trying to attack Asian men. It is trying to signal to white men. Right. That like, you know, you don't have to hold these stereotypes against me that I only date Asian women or something. I mean, apparently white men think that that or white people think that about Asians that we only date internally. You mean they think, they think Asian that. women only date Asian men and and these Asian women are trying to signal to them that I'm available. Exactly. And I think maybe as an Asian woman, I'm just guessing here, but like just kind of going through, you know, the experience of an Asian woman, you may feel that there is this boundary because of your race. Like, people may not feel so comfortable crossing that boundary all the time. And so you kind of want to give a signal of openness. and But the way they do it is basically to say one way or another that they simply are not available to Asian men. So I must be, and therefore I must be open to white men. Because obviously black and Latino men are totally out of bounds, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, it depends on where you're saying it to, but you look at the audience, it's all white dudes, or you had a white cocktail party or whatever. And... Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, it's not only white guys, of course, but it's like th- I think the maj- vast majority. And the the I guess the thing that you're that I want to second what you're saying is that yeah, it's really not that much to do with Asian guys. Yeah. You know, um, it's about this desire, this thing where it's kind of like, look, I'm in the market for a white guy. I can't say that because that's eugenic and gross. So you got to find ways to sort of signal that and one thing you can always do is sort of marginalization guys because yeah and and the problem with this is that now there's an incentive for these women to continually justify their their actions by saying how horrible asian men are because in like the especially if you're running in kind of like a liberal progressive set uh, like any anytime you're trying to advantage white men over a minority group it's not a good look and and for good reason right so now you have to justify that by piling on, often exaggerating. Like Asian guys aren't perfect, but now we become just so uniquely horrible that yeah, th- there's something in our essence <laughs> that makes us all bad. Yeah, like not e- not even Americanization can get rid of. It's like right, this, right. Uh, like yeah, but but they can. Like when when Asian- they turn it into a defining trait yeah, of yeah. Asia. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's this of very essentialist, uh, mm-hmm. almost almost like a hereditary illness that's only carried by by the y chromosome that's the male chromosome right Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that brings something like it brings something to the table right like if you're a white man in america today uh you're you're suffering from an image problem uh especially at you know the more prominent you get which is this which started with me too and it's just this clear realization that um, you know, white liberal elite circles, right? We're not talking about Fox News anymore. We're talking about like white heart of white liberal elite circles. Um, is incredibly dominated by it's it's infected with misogyny and sexual assault and abuse and all this stuff. Yeah, just recently that there was a infamous alt right troll named what Ricky Vaughn. I mean that that was like his his fake name, and he was just outed, and he's apparently like some boarding school kid from Vermont. Uh, went to Middlebury and and works in New York City as a financier, and you would think, oh, he's like some guy from like Nebraska, probably like works on a corn farm or something. No, he's like your very average young white dude, and yeah, any one of them could be Douglas Mackey or Mac- you, Mackey. You know, with two S's, thing, though, two S's, like, and not Douglas. Did you just catch yeah, that? Two S. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like as someone who lives in that world. And that has white friends that work in finance that went to, I have friends that went to Middlebury and, you know, I know that group, you know, like I know guys like that. And I'm not saying that they're, they're, you know, they're, they're mostly like fine guys, but to think that they don't say some racist ass shit about Asian women behind the scenes with me there, you know, is like, there's, there's a side to them that Asian women don't get to see on account of them being women, you know, Asian women specifically. 
But you get you 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 get a white woman in there with with some white men, and they will clown on Asian women like in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, oh, wh- whenever sure. I'm hanging out with, especially like some of my more broy friends, and uh, it's not them. It's just that like sometimes in our extended circle, usually when we're like at a party or or a wedding or something, like they'll have friends that that you know that that just are more like acquaintances with me but they'll start telling stories and like almost inevitably they'll be like joking about some really like desperate asian girl who like follows them around everywhere and, and like it's clear they don't respect her and i think a, a lot of asian women they, they want to pretend that that doesn't happen and and you see this with some of the uh, like uh, responses on social media to esther Koo. like some are saying oh, i don't even know who she, who this is let's just ignore her like they're, they're trying to like pretend that this is not an actual serious problem and by ignoring it that they can compartmentalize into this one weird woman, and and that's it. But it's it's a much. I think they used to be able to. That would have been the right response a while ago. And they're still trying but to do I it. I think that uh, at least some of they, them. Well, it's yeah, but it's pointless now. Yeah, and because... now I mean, like the whole this whole thing, I think can be credited to Paget, right? Who tweeted at Esther Koo, and then I think she and or maybe some other Asian women said like, "Next shark, like, are you seeing this shit?" And then Next Shark picked it up, and that's probably how the, uh, New York Post picked it up. Uh, I mean, uh, New York Post obviously isn't the most reputable uh, publication, but <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty mainstream. But it is Eli- very mainstream. Eli- I remember Eliza's Eliza's blog post. I think got into the New York. Oh, Post. Oh, really? Too. Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe. So maybe they kind of have a pulse on this, on this thing. Yeah, yeah. Or Next Shark's feeding into it, or something. There's some, there's some little, little Asian social media ecology going on there. Yeah, with Next Shark somehow there, and it feeds up. So there's like this little narrow channel up into the mainstream, which is like really, really side small article on NewYorkPost.com or something. Yeah, actually, I think this is a good time because I want to talk. I want to ask like why? Why now has this bubbled up to to that like New York Post level of mainstream? Because like Asian guys have been complaining about Esther Koo for a very long time, but you know, it's like it's it's not like. It ever went anywhere. It's not like this live stream thing or whatever she did was some major show, like an H- like a Netflix special that dropped. It was like some stupid video that nobody watched. Yet it was able to blow up. So I, w- I was wondering what you guys think. Like, what's changed that this got people's attention this time? Well, I think you you mentioned Paget. I think it's that some Asian women out there are starting to push back against it. You know, as you said, you know, Asian men have been complaining about Esther for a long time. But the the difference for me or for, from what I can see, is that some women are starting to see, oh, shit, um, you know, this is bad. Oh, you know what's really helped? It's the it's the data from all the dating apps and, like, the dating sites. Because, I mean, Mark, I mean, you've talked about how you would you would be online talking about these issues, like, kind of like in the late 2000s yeah, when yeah. none of this was available. And there was really no way to prove it. It was just, like, anecdote versus anecdote, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the stuff from OkCupid came out, and then, you know, even data from Coffee Meets Bagel, which is run by Asian women, <laughs> came out. Yeah, and, 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 and there was that really the clear. census data already kind of more or less proved that anyway. Well, that was What's just that? marriage data, though. That was just marriage What's stuff. That? Yeah, yeah, but doesn't that more? I mean, marriage data to me is even. I mean, it's a, isn't that enough to kind of just sure? Show, but like, like, but like the OK Cupid uh, stuff would show you how, for example, like Asian women, their response rates by race. So it'd be like white men were the highest, and then like. Asian men, black men, Latino men, for example, would be low. So with, with like the marriage data, you never really know why people are getting together and there's like open to interpretation. But this was data showing a clear bonus that white men were getting. And there was that, that uh, Columbia speed dating study that's like been cited by Asian guys for a very long time. But very recently, there was that the New York Times one. Uh, yeah. The Tierney Labs one. I just saw that. Yeah, there's Some, a, a, black a black woman. A black yeah. woman post, uh, tweeted that. Yeah, I saw yeah it exactly. And I was like, oh, what's this? Yeah, anyway, so I think the availability of this data really gave Asian guys, like, uh, confidence that, you know, we weren't just crazy and, and seeing things. And once, like, the guys, uh, started being more outspoken and getting organized, I think more of the women, uh, saw that, you know, like, this was real. And they too have a stake in, um, in, uh, in this because, as you guys said, like like if if Esther Koo becomes the, the standard model, that that gives a lot of leeway for a lot of very bad behavior from from non Asian guys, especially white guys, and obviously Asian women um, have a very personal interest in making sure that that they don't get seen as easy and and um, like easy as in you know you can like do all sorts of stuff to them you would never ever dare do to like a white woman or even like a black woman, 
but an Asian woman, like she'll like either secretly like it or she won't complain because, like, she, like whatever. She's like weak and whatever. So yeah, I think I think the other thing is just that um, um, two things. I think one is that a white the white man brand has uh, taken a hit uh, as of late, and that uh, that's causing a lot of that's causing a lot of like yeah domestic strife even for white couples anxiety. There's like this. You know, white wh- white men, uh, including especially with me too. I think there was there just like the sheen, the 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 sort of like sheen of it kind of fell away, and I do think that a lot of Asian women were kind of I think they were kind of like subtle sign. You know, like those all those articles that you say come out on Thanksgiving about like the microaggressions that Asian women would write about around uh, you know late November December. Yeah, about. when they go like visit their white in laws or or white boyfriends families yeah right and i think that articles like that for the long time were kind of like saying um you know like everything's going pretty good but i still get these weird low-key racist feelings when i go see the family and all this stuff and it was i I think for a long time it was this sense of like can we just finally get rid of the last vestiges of this racism like could you just because we got reduced down to microaggression so it's like we're so close. Can you just maybe not say that I look like Lucy Lee? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, but then I think it, the top blew off and it was like, no, 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 wait, actually they're, they were racist all along. They were, they were, the, what you saw or what you experienced was just kind of like what was let through. There's like a giant tumor of racism growing underneath the surface. Yeah. It's been there all along. And I think that it's causing a lot of questioning um, by all people. And I'm sure Asian women about the nature of relationships with white people and then two i think that wmaf is kind of becoming cliche a little bit it's kind of becoming like a social it's a trope and there's there's now jokes about it and asian women are telling those jokes you know like a ali wong or something so i think maybe there's a self i know like in that natalie tran video um one the about wmaf the one that one part that stuck out to me was like that Dr. Jane Park woman. Do you remember her? Yep. And she was saying like she got into all these weird non sequiturs, but like one of them was towards the end. I just had it was really weird. I was like, "Where's this coming from?" She was like, "Are you really into skincare these days?" And Natalie Tran was like, "Yeah, totally." She's like, "Yeah, because your your man ages really fast because he's white, right? So the fear is that." He'll age so much faster than me that I'll look much younger, and then we'll look like one of those WMAF, the undesirable kind. <laughs> the mail-order you know, bride the sex ones. pat brings back a mail-order bride yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I also wonder if there was some very unrealistic, or like uh, kind of like a lack of self-awareness. I mean, obviously, like, the guys could... Uh, I mean, we have our own self-interest of why we might think of it that way, but like we always knew there was something up with that. But I wonder if they perhaps misjudged what uh, others thought of them and they they thought that because you, you like you look at a lot of like asian american literature a lot of asian american movies there is this portrayal of interracial relationships especially like the the white man asian woman thing as as like the natural progression of of post-racial uh, uh like progressive america and i and i wonder if they just drank too much of their kool-aid yeah like the reality couldn't match it but like let me ask you a question though do you think now that this stuff is becoming, it's a mainstream topic. And I think for a long time, it was kind of like everyone kind of knew about it, but they didn't want to say it because there was no valid like community or social reason to even talk about it. Like what, like, you know, the crazy people would be like, yo, we're going to disappear. <laughs> you know, like, right? like, okay. So, but that's not like, you can't, you can't put that up as like some, you know, some platform, you know, like whatever. Wait, who's going to disappear? But I think. You mean Asians uh, in America? Asian, the Asian genes, oh, okay. you know, like, or something. Like, people, like, just these weird eugenic arguments about how, like, you know, f- you know, we're going to, it's just going to be all hoppas and all this, you know, it's just like these bizarre. I would say, I mean, kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say it's that weird. I mean, I think that part of that was uh, those fears were also voiced in probably the black community and probably Native American. Yes, community. but it, it just, it's a weird thing to make a priority, right? Like, based on, like, oh, I, yeah, or, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying the optics of it don't look bad, but I think it's a natural thought. Yeah, the to optics have. look really bad and uh they're not they're not justifiable things, right? Probably like not. You no. can't. So I think that's why it wasn't brought up. There was no valid reason to care about it. Even though it just was this striking social phenomenon. It's kind of like, well, those are individual choices and, you know. But I think once we started realizing that there were 
some significant concerns over this, like the association with a lot of this stuff with um, white supremacy Mm -hmm. and the continued, like just sort of like the increasingly toxic, overtly toxic uh, attitudes and environment that white men were creating for Asian women. And and then the you know the rise of prominent asian women in the uh, or asian white male asian female couples in the alt right then it, there was a valid reason to talk about this then it's kind of like wait no this is actually a problem now right it's not just dating anxiety or um something like that which they could easily dismiss as oh you're just upset cuz you can't get laid yeah just just in the last few months there was the natalie tran wmaf documentary then there was Chinese Burn, which was uh, which was in the UK, but still it was a very easy to see example of this kind of like self-loathing, Asian self-loathing. Then the Audrey Lim alt-right fetish article comes out in the New York Times. Then there were a couple of articles. There was like this, uh, I think, independent student newspaper at the University of Pennsylvania. I think it was called like 34th Street or something. They had an article about like yellow fever. There was also one in the Columbia Spectator. Like, these types of articles usually come in these college papers, like, once a year or so. But I I felt like these ones started broaching the topic of, like, agency on the Asian woman's part. Like, for the first time. Because, like, that has almost never been brought up. Because I've been reading these articles almost annually for years now. And this is, like, I think the first time it's, like, I think these, uh, all these, I think, are written by Asian women. They're starting to say, like, I think they're they feel a bit more freedom to, to start wondering, like, you know, what's our part in this? Whereas before, it was always like, you're the victim, you're the victim. Even if it's a consensual relationship, you're the victim. That was the, the party line. And then um, there, there, there was a, an article in the New Inquiry about yellow fever. This came out maybe a month ago. They actually devoted, uh, like, paragraphs to the idea of agency. Yeah. And, and we, wrote, we wrote one as well. Uh, our, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Our yeah. uh, editor, Jess, wrote, Jess one. wrote yeah. one as well. I, I think, you know, when you talk about, like, when you asked me, um, what was the difference, or why why is this sort of becoming an issue now in, in terms of um, like comedy, like Esther Koo? I think the difference now with this sort of, as you mentioned, the annual sort of yellow fever articles from Asian women is that that Mother Jones article where they interview Richard Spencer came out, and he and and that reporter mentions that you know we've looked into you or whatever, and we've seen that you've had more than a few Asian girlfriends and he doesn't deny it. And they talk to his Asian girlfriend and, or one of his ex-girlfriends. And she was like, Oh yeah, I knew he had some of these views, but we didn't break up over that. And because of that, now, she said she came around to it. Yeah. She was like, Oh yeah. You know, it sort of bothered me, but then, you know, I sort of got used to it <laughs> or came around. Yeah, it was, to it. It was like a bad like... haircut, that hairstyle that she didn't like, but eventually. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, like, his yeah. jackets didn't fit and his hair wasn't good, <laughs> but you know, like, I think that was sort of the extra X factor in um, why these uh, these yellow fever articles from Asian women have started having more elements of oh, what's our agency in this? Yeah, that Mother Jones article was I thought I thought was a was was a huge deal because a it was Mother Jones, uh, you know, very reputable left wing paper. It wasn't written by, like, say, an Asian guy. If, like, if an Asian guy no. wrote that, it'd be out of an, ah, oh, this guy's just salty. I think just it was trying. written it was by a white, white woman. Yeah, it was right? written by a white woman. And it wasn't about that. It wasn't about no. his Asian girlfriends. It was about Richard Spencer. Right. Yeah. But, but it was, was mentioned like as in, like, part this doesn't seem to fit, <laughs> you know? Right. Though you got the sense that as a white woman uh, writing it, that like, you got the sense that she kind of, she prete- she played like she didn't, like, oh, this is surprising. But right. you kind of got this idea this feeling like she was picking up on that connotation. Already. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm pretty confident that white women know a lot more than they're letting on. Oh, white women have told me this. White women white, white women have told me this in 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 confidence, right? Which I will now reveal on a podcast. <laughs> but they <laughs> but they no, they've they've said like um, you know, coworkers, ex-coworkers of mine and stuff have always said like, "Why are why are guys in the office having affairs with all the Asian girls? Like what is going on?" They know. They see it. Um that that was that you know that mail order family uh, show was written by a white woman. Oh yeah, and they got canceled because it was just too, you know there's a lot of furor over it. But you know I was reading some of her tweets about it, and she was like she she re- she was like I want to talk about this. You know I want to talk about white dudes who go for Asian women. Yeah, and it was the basis for my Lena Dunham article. And did you see that? Uh, did you guys see that post uh, in Asians Now? I think it was an Asian woman who. 
I think it was timestamped yesterday. So I think it was during when this whole Esther Koo thing's going down. She posts an article about from the Hollywood Reporter, something about something about I guess like these Hollywood moguls now going for yoga instructors. I don't know. And then what was really funny was yeah, in her write up she says something like, "See, like it's these like Asian men and and white women who are often jealous who like." do bad shit to Asian women. It's like, what is that? I don't know. Where is that coming from? And this article <laughs> is from like three years ago. Yeah. And it's like, why bring it up now? I mean, it's obvious that she's, you know, trying to deflect and everything, but it was just so funny how this is like at that time. So this article was, uh, it was a white woman. If I remember, it was a white woman writing about how the new like in girlfriend to have, if you're a Hollywood superstar, if a Hollywood big shot is a yoga instructor. It, it didn't have anything to do with race. It was like a yoga instructor. Whereas in the past, it was either the blonde bombshell or after that, it was the Asian girlfriend. And she reduced exactly. it to this fad. It was just a fad. And these white guys were just going through stage, you know, it was like flavor of the month or flavor of the year. And she was saying, okay, for a while, everyone knew. Everyone wanted an Asian girlfriend. But that's over. Everyone wants a Yeah, I can see that. And it just, it is really, that's, as an Asian woman, I can see how that's really... Um, marginalizing because it just reduces you. Like if someone wrote that about Asian dudes, like someone, if some white woman or, you know, was saying like, oh, the era of the, you know, of the K-pop star is so over. Right. Now it's time to look at, you know, Indian dudes. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Bollywood like, guys. Like, Bollywood guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could see how that would come across as being, you know, pretty dismissive. and Yeah, but I, I, as I said, the, the interesting thing was somehow she blamed it on Asian men and, and white women for being jealous. Yeah. What did Asian men have to do I with it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> They're neither the Hollywood mogul or the person that the mogul's going for. So uh, Okay, so so there's, you know, there for a long time there has been a lot of talk about this by Asian guys. But the question for me that I always, always concern is like, okay, well, well what the fuck are you going to do about it? Like, okay, Wait, talk Asian about guys? It, whatever. What whatever. are we going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, Asian guys. Ultimately, for me, it's like, well, what, what is the point of questioning this? I think from what I would say to that is that the key here, we need to remove ourselves from this issue. But I don't mean not care about it. I mean remove ourselves from being related to it. Like I said before, this was never about Asian guys. This was always about white men and Asian women. And their connection. The thing that really, like, Natalie Tran's video about this, this is, this is, I, I posted about this on Reddit, and I want to say it here, is like, if you, if you look at her video about interracial relationships, that's the title, white, male, Asian, female. The really weird thing about it is that, like, 90% of it is talking about the Asian male psych- psyche. She's got, you know, JT Tran coming on talking about it. She's got... Phil Wang from Wang Fu talking about how he felt as a guy. She's got Jane Park psychoanalyzing Asian men and their historical scars and how, you know, they f- we feel like they're stealing our women and that's understandable, but it's sexist, or, but colonial history, this and that. And it never really talks about the actual topic, which is white men and Asian women. I think that that is encapsulates a lot of the problems that I've that I've seen with the discussion around this topic. Asian men, for better or worse, tend either center themselves or allow ourselves to be centered in this conversation because it always flips back to why are you trying to police Asian women or you know whatever? Like why are you right. taking out your right. own pathetic sexual frustration? Like it just turns into it gets flipped and then suddenly we're being examined and dissected and all this stuff. I think now that the the dynamics of it are much better understood. That, you know, that the motivations for it, the reasons for it, what white men get out of this trade, what women get out, Asian women get out of this trade. Why, what, what are the forces that are making this phenomenon happen? You realize it really doesn't have to do with us at all. And so I think that just gives us the freedom to just like, one, detach from it like emotionally. You know, like I see Esther Koo. Yeah, she's up there clowning on Asian guys. But, you know, when I, when I see it, all I see is her just offering white uppers. She's just handing out racial uppers to, like, lonely, insecure white guys, using the image of us as that thing. But it's nothing to do with us. Like, we're not in that room. Like, it's got, it literally has nothing to do with us. And for, so that's one. And two is just, like, the effects of this are mostly negative for Asian women. So an Esther Koo is creating those white guys. Those white guys are not aggressive. Like... We shouldn't be scared of those guys. You, you, you don't. You confront one of them just a little bit, and they fold. But those are the guys that, you know, what they're what's happening. I think is that the Esther Coos are telling them when you see Asian women deep down inside of them is me, and I'm telling you that you can degrade me, 
you can, you know, say whatever the fuck, you can racially abuse me because I'm doing it here for you. I'm, I'm giving you permission to. And secretly inside all Asian women that you see on the street in Australia and Canada and the United States or whatever, they secretly want it. Right. And that's, they secretly want it is the key thing when it comes to that rape culture. It is. Is this belief oh, that inside every woman is a desire to be right. taken. A rape fantasist. It's extremely dangerous. And I've talked to a lot of, um, you know, I always talk to a lot of Asian women in my life because I have a lot of Asian female friends, but like I never used to talk about this. But lately, because I understand it better, I braise it, I bring it out. And they, conf- they in turn realize that there is something that they never tell Asian men, which is like, I am always being pressured sexually by white guys at work, on dates. And they, di- you know, especially ones that kind of have a lot of white and Asian uh, men in their lives. Right, they can compare. There's a difference between the way they're treated. They're really dehumanized by white by the white side. They tell me this all the time, but they don't really, they don't feel comfortable talking about it. So in a way, I think that there's a topic that Asian women can also newly broach now that's important. Okay, but here's a, here's what's going to be a counter. They're going to say that you're victim blaming and saying that if Asian women indeed are uh, living in this very threatening culture by us Asian men saying that it's on like Asian women to, you know, call out the Esther Kuz and all that, that we're essentially putting the onus on them when it should be on, let's say, the white men or, or even on Asian men. Um, I don't really know how what we could do without being also accused of policing. But but I don't understand that criticism because yeah. aren't we calling them out? I mean, Asian men have been calling her out, right? But when we say, when we say that like Asian women have to also like call them out and and like say police the Esther Kuz that that that's a form of victim blaming uh no I think well okay I mean you could say that but I don't believe it's true I think it's a form of self-protection you know I think it's it's saying like you know as Asian men we have certain knowledge about how guys are like we hear how guys talk we know you know like they understand like white men are comfortable talking to Asian men about this yeah also it's not like they hide this also I think there's a difference between like, okay so like one of the problems with telling let's say like a rape or a sexual harassment victim, like you shouldn't uh, wear this, you shouldn't, you know, go to this type of place. And I like, I mean, the fundamental problem with that is that those aren't in, those are not inherently bad things to do, right? Whereas if you're an Esther Koo and you're regurgitating racist, sexist stereotypes for the benefit of a white audience, that is something that is inherently bad and that should be policed. There's nothing wrong with policing racist, sexist behavior. We're not. We're not like telling Asian women, uh, oh, you shouldn't go to like a, a bar with a lot of white people. I mean, that that would be probably be uh, victim blaming. But we're telling them that you should watch out and and call out these types of very negative behaviors. Right. Yeah. I'm saying that an Asian woman should not feel uncomfortable going out to a place that's mostly white or all white or whatever. Yeah. They shouldn't feel they, uh, uh, upset about uh, or, or threatened by that, but often they do. That's what I'm hearing from people anyway. And and um, you know, significant part of that is because of of like people like Esther Koo, right? And and the fact that they pretty much go unscathed even in the Asian American community. Because I remember when like Esther Koo came up in the Asian American subreddit, and people would be complaining about her, and, it, and she's like somehow has like over like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. I mean, of course, she it's does. pretty obvious. Yeah, I think that most of them does. are bots because I, I don't think she gets much engagement anywhere. But that would be the response, like, oh, just ignore her, just ignore her. Oh, she, oh, she has like a hundred thousand followers. Well, most of them probably are bots anyway. Just ignore her, just ignore her. Just this constant denialism, like refusal to just face up to the problem and talk about it because it's uncomfortable and it upsets a lot of the people who are kind of like running the show right now in the Asian American community. It's understand. It is understandable. I mean, if there, there are Asian guys who do this, uh, not this bad, but like a long duck dong type. I don't know. I'm sure there's some like Asian male coon out there, you know, coonery type shit. If I saw that, I wouldn't want people to bring attention to him. Do you know what I mean? And the only reason I would want to bring attention to him is if I felt like there was a greater good to be had out of seeing it. And But Asian guys call out Ken Jong all the time, though. It's not like we try to pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah, but he was so famous that you couldn't you couldn't really help it. <laughs> I mean, I would just as soon, like, people just destroy all known videotapes of the William Hung incident on, <laughs> on American Idol. I just don't want to revisit that. You know, it's just, it's ugly to see. And I think seeing Esther Koo is viscerally an ugly thing for an Asian woman to see. Probably uglier for them than it, honestly. I mean, I'm sure Asian guys hate it because she's talking about us. But, like, I honestly never 
was that pissed about it. I was just like, this is really degrading for Asian women. I think, Teen, you were saying earlier, it, it needs to be brought out to the light of day because she's not, she's just the most visible manifestation of it. So many women do this just in their private lives and in their smaller circles. So if she goes in small away, ways. I'm sorry, in small ways, and in yeah. smaller ways, right, in more subtle ways, or maybe they do it in the same crass way, but just because we ignore her doesn't mean it doesn't happen, right? It doesn't mean that this attitude isn't out there and that white men don't hear it and don't feel it. So like ignoring oh, her it makes isn't, it worse. yeah, it, it would make it even worse. So ignoring her because you would, don't hear that, you don't hear their pushback by Asian women right, against that, right? So you you see someone doing these. In, that was why she was so effective in a way for her like little creepy little fan club there. This sort of like quasi porny relationship with all her fans, and there's this element of like promoting rape culture in it. Well, yeah, and if you look at the stats, right, Asian women I think are the group that I think are out of all racial groups, Asian women are the only ones that I think. What is the stat? They're more likely to be raped and, by, and killed. And killed by non-Asian by men of another race. That's not true of any other group. It's not true, and it's and it's so, just white so men. So other races are specifically targeting Asian right. women and, and white men. Fucking, that's are, a fucking are, problem. Are, there, are the are the vast majority of the ones that harm them physically. So it's not just like okay, it's an equal distribution. It's not. Yeah, I mean, you just look. At, that's the thing. It's like people don't want to think about this shit. And I will say that there are. There, there are a lot of guys uh, out there that are digging up stats. These stats are all available. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're shocking. They're really eye-opening. Yeah, like the whole thing about the uh, alt-right and the Asian uh, like partners, that had been floating around uh, in places like Arhapas for a long time. And I'd never really paid attention to it. Like, I knew, like for example, that John Derbyshire had like a Chinese wife, and I knew... You know, obviously about Richard Spencer, but I was like, you know what, you know what, it's like, it, it's probably not that true or whatever. But then, boom, the New York Times legitimizes it. So I think it's only a matter of time before, I mean, just right, just recently in, in Allentown, the, that, that, that white pedophile who pretty much groomed that, that uh, little Chinese girl. A girl. And I think, it, it, I think it's only a matter of time before finally somebody has, like, the, the guts and the stature to say, you know, this ha- happens disproportionately to Asian women by white men. And this is a thing. And you see it also like in Silicon Valley. Uh, I think a, a lot of the, the harassment cases tend to be like white men on Asian women. And, and like usually it tries to, it tries to get sanitized by, um, you know, just like misogyny or it's sexism, but it's a very, very like racialized type of right. violence. It, it's not just Silicon Valley. I think there was a fairly high profile case, um, in DC as well. Oh yeah, there's um, something that happened with yeah. a with a staffer, right? Um, yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah. A male white, you know, manager and, and or one of the higher up staffers and a and a female lower, you know, lower rank staffer. And before we couldn't talk about it because there again there was a veneer of protection for as this is what like multiracial, multicultural progressive America should look like. So it, it just didn't jive like on one hand like the fact that all these races were getting together was supposed to be evidence of it. But on the other hand, it was clear uh, that it was falling on, on very certain patterns, regurgitating a lot of the same stereotypes. It wasn't just, um, you know, these people in diverse places uh, or mixing up randomly because nobody saw race anymore. No, it was like people very, very much saw race. And it was very, very much following of uh, like an old historical pattern. Yeah, and come on, like, that's that's my point. Is like everyone knew this, right? Like people were just looking the other way. Everyone knew, like, you see all those tweets of those dudes, like, the Eng- white English teachers coming into the tweets <laughs> going, like, taunting, trying to taunt people, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got, I'm gonna go home with my, like, all caps, my Korean girlfriend. Right, right. It's like, you know, I'm like, here in Korea, like, and I love the dude, women. guys have been talking, white, like, loser white dudes yeah. have been saying that shit about y'all forever. Well, I mean, the whole Charisma Man thing in Japan has been I think known. one of them even tweeted a picture of, like, him and, and his, like, supposed girlfriend at, at you or Al or something. And it, it was like, I mean, I, I don't want to like diss anyone, but it was like, it's, it's not like you, you got like some supermodel, you know, just like, <laughs> calm right, down, right. guy, calm down. <laughs> yeah, you like, got a girlfriend. Yeah, like, that's like good, what you're bragging like, you know, about. Good I for have you. I, I hope, you know? I hope this is nothing fetishy. I, I, you know, whatever. But it's just like, you're so proud. You're so proud. I mean, come on. And you like, you go to hey. a foreign country, you leverage your unearned whiteness and, and, and you're, you're going to boast about it to, to pe- random people on the internet. I, that's very sad. 
It is because like the thing with for for me, it's like I've I've noted these things for so long that I'm still I'm surprised that people are surprised. Like Asian women like that are going on Twitter are seeing this for the first time. Well, some of them I are guess, so young, right? Maybe they are. I guess I'm as surprised by it as or maybe they are surprised in it in the same way that I am surprised by how much I'm hearing from my Asian female friends that they've basically gone through life with this problem this whole time. Well, yeah, because like Asian men and Asian women don't talk to each other about this stuff. It's like, well, even the Asian guys don't talk to each other about this stuff. It's been it's been a forbidden topic for so long. Yeah. You think it's for? I don't know if it's forbidden. I just don't think we had the. Um, I just don't think we had the frame. The frame to talk about it. I don't think there's any active prohibition against. Well, talking yeah, about yeah, there was. If you talked about it, it, you were like, like almost like a, almost like an Asian nationalist. Like, why, why are you so obsessed with race? That kind of thing. Uh, and mm. I, and I'm younger than you guys, and I'm saying that when I was like in college and all that, like, you, you, like it was really not polite to talk about this at all. I think when I was in college, it wasn't as prevalent. I never noticed it um until later well that's the thing like because uh as i said that's why i brought up the the data the dating data was so useful because all you had was your own personal experience and you could not really you never had the confidence that this was actually a widespread thing and maybe it was just in your area or maybe it was like your own fault maybe like i wasn't like good enough to overcome my race or some bullshit like that but once you started seeing the data and a lot of the studies, especially like online at a place like Reddit, when people start sharing studies and things, uh, that's when you start getting more solid footing. Like, okay, this is real. I can talk about it. Right. And I'm not crazy. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. Asian Twitter is a thing now. It is. Um, it's starting and, to, uh, maybe. <laughs> and, but, and I think that the, but it's, the, it's funny because like the nature of Asian Twitter uh, to me is kind of replicating the nature of Asian Reddit. It's always about this topic. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people minimize, I, you know, when I first went to Asian Reddit, um, I like, I just was never particularly tuned into this topic. I didn't know, I didn't think of it as something deep. I thought of it as something like, yeah, whatever. Let's talk about the real stuff. Right. But it was so persistent uh, and I, I myself, I think how had this view of like, yeah, you guys are obsessed over it's sexual jealousy. It's what it's like, you know, just get over it. Um, but it was this really, really sticky topic. So you couldn't get away from it. And then I just was like, okay, well, let's take the topic seriously then. And I think when you pull on that thread, it just really brings to focus. It like, if you, it pulls the whole thing up in terms of, the way racial and gender dynamics and class and all that stuff factor in. And then the next level is kind of what Oxford was saying was like listening to other races, other ethnic communities talking about very strikingly similar patterns. And then I think that's ultimately one. I was like, let's decenter Asian men from these conversations and realize that it's about white men and Asian women. But number two is let's realize it's not about, there's nothing essentially Asian about this. I think for a long time there was this focus on yellow fever. Like, is there something particularly alluring about Asian women? And I feel like Asian guys kind of thought that because Asian guys naturally, I would say, are more attracted to Asian women than white than than other races. I you could fight me on that. No, but like, yeah, I mean we, we're I, I've always generally attracted to. I mean, I just kind of naturally race, have a yeah. preference for my own race. I mean, that sounds racist, but it's just true. Like, That's I mean, generally true you know, of, of every group except certain. Race gender combos. Yeah, it's but, yeah. specific. I like Chinese women more than, but it's not for me. It's more just familiarity, and but the physical gets mixed into that somehow, right? But like, but since we ourselves preferred Asian women, I feel like there was this wondering, like, is there something essential about Asian women that makes them more alluring for white guys? And then there was all this talk about yellow fever. So you're like, maybe there is. Um, were Asian women this special hot commodity? You know, something essential about being Asian. And once you, I think that's a trap. And then once you see that, no, you know, with the shifting times, with the way that Asian women can be like in that, as that article said, like passe, and there's a new, I think I, we talked about that. I think black women are becoming uh, better virtue, like better shields for white men. They get a lot. I mean, just look at the way like Prince Harry, re, like uh, rehabilitated his image. His Nazi past by marrying a black woman, right? Like he might now be king. He, he might leapfrog his brother. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> yeah, but it gets you a lot more than if he. I, I mean, I, I think that bought him a lot more social. You cachet. cracked the code. It's who has the most hair of the princes. 
<laughs> like, like Bill de Blasio become well, he didn't become mayor because he had a black wife, but it really made him look good. Yeah, Alex Ohanian and Serena Williams, um, Leo Obama. Yeah, exactly. And so I think like those dynamics now are shifting away from I think Asian women towards black women in a way. And immediately, I was picking up on these same conversations popping up among black men, and yeah. they're strikingly similar and. I think that's the other thing. Not only do you decenter Asian men out of it, I think you can decenter Asianness out of it. And once you do that, I think that's when Asian guys can get calmed down a bit, start stop going on these like very emotional tirades. Because I think uh, Asian guys, I think I think like all minority guys, they they have this like they they think of like black guys as as like you know the minority group uh, male group that's made it. But I think this. No, 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 wait. If this can happen to black guys, <laughs> it can kind of like happen to any minority guy. Exactly. Like, yeah, you, exactly. like black guys, they like dominate like all the cool industries like music and sports and all that. But if it happens to them, then you can let go of this like gnawing insecurity that maybe it is something about us. And it's like, no, this is something that's like designed into this like white liberal system to divide us. I, I think that's groups. what it exactly. I totally agree. I think that's what it is. This gnawing feeling that there's something essential. There's something is. You know, I you know we know guys like this, right? Like there are guys who are con- Asian guys who are convinced that there's something essential. There's an essential inferiority to Asians that they and they're out there to crack that code. What is it? What is it? And there's no amount of like talking them down off that ledge. I'm like, it's not about. There's nothing essential to that. Um, but they just don't believe it, and it it does take pattern recognition in other groups. To realize, oh, this is this is an abstracted social, racial, gender pattern that can happen. It, it's nothing to do specifically with Asians. Very vital point. I mean, uh, I yeah, I, I think it just hues closer to reality and it explains um, what happens in the real world much better. It would be so ironic if that happens because then it'll go to show you that this uh, this fixation on this topic can actually lead to. Uh, de-emphasizing race, right? Like what we thought was a racial obsession or racial fixation. To me, like you can will ultimately tunnel through to the other side and realize, ah, this was nothing to do with us, <laughs> right? And, and that uh, should be a freeing it, thought, I think, for Asian men. I, I always got the suspicion that there was some larger pattern at work here, right? Like I first got wind of this when I started real. I started reading stuff about how like black men used to be emasculated in movies. And feminized. And for someone like reading that, like as an Asian man reading that now in 2017. It'd be hard to believe, right? It's hard to believe. Yeah. You're like, no, I thought they only emasculated Asian men. You still see this stuff out there. These people, um, for better or for worse, Asian, you know, kind of woke writers and stuff, essayists, going on and on endlessly about how Asian men are specifically targeted for emasculation. And I kind of want to be like, you know, you're essentializing race. I think all of these critiques essentialize race. And it's, it's it, it, I don't think that's the right way to go. I think you got to get to the next stage to be like, you know, like other groups, like other targeted minorities, Asian men are experiencing the emasculation of Hollywood, Hollywood's emasculation process, not, you know, something inherent that, you know, Asian men, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't have body hair. We uh, are shorter. You know, I think our I think our dicks are smaller or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they get obsessed with the with the minutiae and and it's it's ridiculous. It's so stupid, and but it works because we keep we keep thinking that it's unique to Asians. And I'm like, yeah, oh, there's a there's a part a- in uh, the book Big Little Man by Alex Tizon where he he where he has that same revelation. He, he like all his life he thinks there's like something wrong with his Asian maleness, and then he reads the writings of Franz Fanon, and he realizes that that uh fanon had the same he he had like all these things like, why are these like black caribbean women so obsessed with white men and then tizan has this revelation that oh my god it's like this is something that all i guess men of color go through and he's he's able to finally let go of his of his like he, he's able to get outside of his own head and start looking at the big picture you, you can even go beyond that in a way to say yeah i agree like, if he's saying like oh all men of color go through this you know, if, if you just widen the scope of your reading, like you'll see these articles, like I read this article the other day in uh, South China Morning Post about how um, in the in the Xinjiang region in China, where there's a lot of like ethnic minority Uyghurs, the sort of Muslim uh, minority in China, 
that there's a similar thing going on where the community there is extremely resentful by the desire for young Uyghur women to marry Han Chinese men. And the, you know, the bloat, the, the social repercussions for marrying a Han Chinese man, man is like pretty severe. Mm. And there's all this thing about how Chinese men go there and they're trying to marry all, marry all the, take all the prettiest girls and all this stuff. it's 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 almost it's not really even almost like men of color it's almost just like dominant it's just kind of like what the powerful group does to the weaker group true i've also read articles in in like uh border towns between china and russia because like russia has the has a female surplus and china has a male surplus and like and like russian men often they often die quite young so they don't have a very good reputation or and, and like chinese men are seen as like more socially mo- the, uh, upward the, mobile wealthier and stuff and that causes a, a lot of Chinese guy that uh, has a business doing this hmm? like pairing off Chinese excuse me pairing off Chinese men and, and Russian women there's a dude that has a business with this yeah it, and when you realize this I, I, I get I just guess like so it's just so much about like hang-ups it's just like these are so these are such like broadly interesting and important patterns in the relationship between minority groups uh, and the dominant group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it's really kind of a shame that like people were too scared to talk about it because it's so plainly like I mean France Fanon who is he's like a he's a black Haitian sort of revolutionary writer right there was that article by that uh, I forgot it was an Asian woman she was writing in a Australian blog I think about how much like self hate that she went yes. through oh yeah I recently, remember that article right? It was a really good article. Very, very, very sad. Very sad. And she, but she's, she, but she seems to have really gotten over it. And, she, you know, she had all these body dysmorphia issues and all that stuff. And she said she got to college and that's when she started healing and she was reading. And I think she had a whole list of, I think, mostly Asian writers. But then she listed France Fanon. And it's probably that, was it black skin, white masks? Or, I probably, yeah. I don't remember the exact text he referenced, but it was definitely Fanon. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, and I read it and it's, it's very interesting. And there's one for men, there's one about men, there's one about women. And she specifically mentioned Fanon as someone who like sort of liberated her from this sort of essentialized, internalized racism. Well, it's getting kind of late, so I think that's a pretty good place to cut it off. We all got jobs to get to tomorrow morning, so... I don't buy that. All you have to do is play the Hawks tomorrow. <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Escape from Plan A to Plan A podcast. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also read our articles at planamag.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We'll have our Twitter handles in the episode description. So tune in next time for the next episode. All right. See you guys. See you. Later, man. Creepy. He was like, uh, your skin is so soft. It's like a baby seal. I was like, how many baby seals have you been with? That is ridiculous. (laughs) And that's the last thing I remember before he clubbed me over the head.